What did you make of that utter, utter dross at Old Trafford? I found it to be bad. That's my take on it. I found it to be a bad, bad. football match. I mean, the English language has about half a million words, right? And, and I would think right. about 499,000 of them uh, could be applied to Van Hal's team selection, tactics and United's performance, or at least all the negative ones. Yeah, I was just going to say, but I don't think that's true. I don't think it was particularly rainbow-like. I don't think it was... No, it wasn't a rainbow because Van Hal sucked the colour out of of a rainbow. (laughs) Uh, It was really just dire. Honestly, one of the worst games of football I've ever seen. Somebody said to me after the game, that's the worst it's been this season. The, The terrible thing about it is it's not even the worst we've played this season. But it no, was no, abysmal. it isn't. But it was it was abysmal in terms of its entertainment. I mean, United seventy one percent possession, but it was so anemic. I mean, most of that was pointless. And and uh, look, I don't want to get into uh, kind of you know Alanis is saying oh we're not knocking it forward, so it's it's a waste of time. But most of that passing was a waste of time. Sidewards, 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 and and not moving the opposition out of shape. It is so easy for the opposition to. Uh, defend against United. I made a joke on Twitter that that um, Adkins' kids could have set up the team. You know, you just play deep and narrow. It's really, really super, super easy. Van Gaal said it's easier to defend than attack. Well, it's definitely easier to defend against Manchester United than attack, I suppose. You know, so seventy-one percent possession for United, two shots on target. Just where to even start, Van? It wasn't sideways passing. Is not bad. Slow sideways right. passing is bad. Uh, Van Gaal himself said United didn't use the ball quickly enough. One of the rare times he said that, um, even though I think we've said it every so, week so Paul, on the show. Why do you think Manchester United didn't use the ball quickly enough? Right. <laughs> I've had time to think about this now. In, in that moment, so in fact, let's play the clip. Here's me asking Van Gaal why he thought Man United didn't play the ball fast enough. Uh, why do you think... Uh, the team moved the ball too slowly. What do you think? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I do know. Because there are 10 players behind the ball. In a square metres from 20 metres. And then the goal is behind that square of 20 metres. And that's difficult. It's for every team very difficult. And when you see the results today, you see that ever, uh, every lower team is making a good result. Because defending is more easy than attacking. And everybody knows that. Yeah. Bottled it a little bit there, didn't you, Paul? Listen, right? No. I didn't. Stared at you hard. Actually, and you like, yeah, did you wee yourself? Just a little bit. Go on, be honest. Not even slightly. No, you can hear hear my sort of uh, like I kind of giggle after I say I don't know because in my brain in that moment I thought of about fifteen different things to say, none of which felt at all appropriate for the environment I was in. So yeah. I may have not taken the opportunity to say what I thought, but he wasn't genuinely asking me what I thought. He was either, I don't know if he was annoyed with the question, although he was pretty respectful. He wasn't like, he didn't have a pop in his answer. No, it's just a passive-aggressive way of putting you down, really. It, it was, but but the the thing about it was he, he then went on to answer it. And that was another reason why I didn't particularly want to be confrontational with my responses, because I genuinely... My purpose for asking the question wasn't to try and trip him up any or anything. It was to genuinely try to understand why why he has United playing like this. Because because this is not the first time we've passed the ball too slowly to unlock a a, a deep line defence. Like you say, Adkins' kids could have set it up. This was not a heroic backs to the wall performance by Sheffield United. No, it United. was super super easy to defend. No, I mean the thing that really annoyed me, I have to say, got my my you know ears blowing steam afterwards. That Van Hal somehow pretended as if no other team has ever defended deep against United. You know, a Division Three team, League One as it's called today. All that United is the only team in the history of football to have ever had to play against a defensive team. You know, it's it, he's gone from 
kind of being having this brash confidence it just being kind of curt arrogance and and i have to say i really don't like it he he's not once faced up to the failures of his team and his system um and and one of the biggest failures and one of the reasons united were passing the ball so slowly is he picked schweinsteiger and fellaini in midfield he had the opportunity to change that up um and it's um you know i've got to say this this is this is not good after 18, 20 months in charge for us to be making excuses about a really, really crappy performance against a third division side. Yeah, and I don't think either of us are making them, are we? But Van Gaal kind of is. He he, he said the reason that United moved the ball too slowly is because um, they, because Sheffield United sat in the 20 metre between the goal and where United had the ball. But that's not a reason United moved the ball slowly. It was, in fact, because United moved slowly that the ball slowly that Sheffield United are well, able to quite. do that. Yes, quite. Uh, Paul Scholes um, on BT Sport, very entertaining, said he was bored, the players were bored, the fans were bored, and it looked like Van Gaal was bored. He was probably right, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. I, I think the Paul Scholes thing is fascinating. Uh, Red Issue tweeting that, oh, Paul Scholes is piping up again now that Mourinho's out of the picture uh, because Fergie didn't want anyone to really attack Van Gaal while Mourinho was uh, potentially a successor. I, I, I don't believe any of that, to be honest. You, you don't believe funny. the uh, Class of 92 uh, conspiracy stories then? Um, look, um, maybe not, but look, I, I think he's a great pundit. I really enjoy Paul Scholes because he, he just shoots from the hip. That's what you want, isn't it? And uh, it, it's 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 kind of strange his metamorphosis from someone who would never say anything to someone who uh, quite likes saying things. And I'm not saying I agree with him all the time, but I just find him entertaining. On the on the subject of Manchester United versus Sheffield United, I agree 100 percent with Paul. Um, I thought I thought United were boring. It is negative football every week, um, and he's right about the players not responding either because. As much as we have a go at Van Halen, and it's right, he's the general in charge of the army, but the army didn't step up here, you know, and they haven't most of the season, and especially the senior players. I mean, what are they supposed to do, though? In well, system? not a lot, not a lot, but but it doesn't half feel like there's zero urgency about it. So let's get this right. You know, I think the malaise that United are under now, this is a general point, not just about Sheffield United, is about 50% Glazers and the Woodward's fault, about 40% Van Gaal's fault and about 10% the players' fault. You know, juggle those numbers around a little bit if you like, but something uh, along those lines. But, um, you know, the players are clearly not responding for Van Gaal. The the system is utterly stifling. Uh, Van Gaal just does not seem to recognise the frustration. He doesn't he doesn't give them any legitimacy, you know. It's like he's a, he's a he's a dictator who's been deposed and not recognizing the court, you know. He's he just does not recognize anyone's criticism at all about the way United are playing. I'm not sure I 100% agree with that. I think and neither do I totally disagree with it, but he did at least acknowledge that United weren't moving the ball quickly enough against Sheffield United, you know, did at least acknowledge that it wasn't working this time and he wasn't just super happy with the control. Although he did take the time to say, why is nobody talking about the fact that Sheffield United have not made any chances? (laughs) Maybe because they're a League One side. Third division, as you said, Ed, third division, as it used to be called. Yeah, that was really... Mm, Afterwards, he said uh, he was asked about the January transfer window and whether... United would buy anyone. He said, it's very hard. I don't think so. It's hard to find anyone of our level. Well, I could give him about 11 Sheffield United players that are at our level. <laughs> I mean, if he wants any of them, they they, they look, they did, uh, they had 8,000 fans, uh, they made a racket uh, and they did their team proud. What else do you expect? Yeah, I, I mean, th- this is the thing. And, and you know, when, when Borough played against United uh, in, in the Capital One Cup, a couple of Borough defenders played particularly well that day. But you wouldn't pick a single one of those Sheffield United players out and say, oh, yeah, they really inspired their team and led by example and threw in loads of really important blocks and tackles and things like that. They just basically stood about waiting for United to eventually muff it up. It was, as you say, so easy. I think, I think United is a classic team that waits for the other team to make mistakes. You know, not even a counter-attacker. United don't counter-attack at all. In fact, they slow it down 
uh, through any counterattacks. There was a couple of examples in the second half where United did counterattack, and you know, obviously, it didn't happen very often because of the nature of the game. And you really want to go from box to box in about five or six seconds, and it was taking United fifteen twenty. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's it's not going to cause anyone any danger at all. Um, and Sheffield United were able to group, regroup every single time. Um, and, and so it's, you know, we're not waiting for the counterattack. We're not overloading at all in any position. Uh, and and we're just waiting for the opposition to make a mistake. And eventually they did, you know, in the 90th minute, a, a very poor tackle on, on Memphis. And, and United got very, very lucky. Exactly. They they were within, what, a minute of running out of time? Because it wasn't the 90th minute, was it? It was like 93rd, 92nd, 93rd right. minute. It was, it was well into injury time. Uh, so, you know, it really was the last, probably one of the last attacks of the game. One of the Sheffield United players finally made a mistake and that was the only margin. So Memphis made a bit of a difference when he came on and was responsible for one of the most extraordinary moments uh, I've ever seen at a football match because uh, when he, he came on and within about five minutes of coming on, he got an opportunity to cut inside and shoot. And when he did, there was like a round of normal applause, which suddenly turned into this like deafening racket of ironic cheers at the fact that United had finally had a shot. Loads of people standing up and cheering just because it was it, to express how ridiculous it was that in the 66th minute, I'm pretty sure that was United's first attempt on yep, goal in the second half. Uh, yeah, I mean, Memphis was very bright, actually. Good good for him. Um, I it, It's... um. It's one of those double-edged swords, really. I mean, it's it's great that he's had a good game, and he's got so much talent. You want to be able to extract it, and and he could cause opposition players a lot of problems. Uh, but every time he comes on, he's really good. He's kind of marketing himself out as a substitute, isn't he? Yeah, I mean that's what Lawrenson called him on. Match yeah, Lawrenson called a few he's, people he's a, a few things on Match of the Day. <laughs> he did, he did. Um, but yeah. Uh, the other thing is, of course, it's another time when Memphis has played well against really, really bad, meagre quality opposition, um, which is another kind of uh, repeated factor in the games in which Memphis has made a big difference. Uh, so that's that's a bit of a problem too. But he was really bright and he, he made a big difference. And, you know, Van Gaal was talking about... He, he kind of went on to say in that press conference, well, of course, what you need against teams that play like that is width. And we've we are playing one matter on the right wing, but he's not a right winger. It's like you look around, going, "We're not doing that. You're doing that. You know, it's, it's you that's decided to do it. Nobody said you got to play one matter on the right wing. There's loads of players in the squad: Pereira, Lingard, Memphis, Martial. You could easily make up a team with uh, pacey players in well, wide exactly, positions. Yeah, and and where there wasn't pace was in midfield. And there really wasn't, and oh. you know they were both bad. In fact, in fact, well, I mean Herrera, Herrera was all right, wasn't he, for an hour or so? Loads of people absolutely slating me for saying he was yeah, all right. I, I don't think he was bad. I don't think he was great. Matter had a very poor game. I thought he just yeah. wasn't in it at all. And you know, and I guess um, you know the matter substitution made a lot of sense actually to get some width and pace uh, in wide areas. Um, Memphis made it. Big difference. Uh, Lingard, sort of, you know, didn't really have quite the same impact, did he? So United did have to change it up, um, you know, and, and by the end, Fellaini was trying to push forward and basically playing as number 10, wasn't he? And, and it was down to plan B or was that plan C? I don't know what plan number taking off Maran Fellaini for Andreas Pereira and playing Pereira as part of yeah, the Yeah, well, that was pretty is. odd too. Um, and then... Rooney scored, and I don't think there's any doubt about the penalty, is there? You know, caught him right on, caught him oh, right no. on the shin, and then Rooney scored, and he scored two and two. Does that mean the big man is back? Well, I think it's very good that he scored that penalty because it means there's no replay, and so we don't have to watch another Man United match that's not on the schedules. It's going to be difficult enough watching the ones we are. We you, have you got could stop after not on, you know, before not on the schedules. Yeah, we just didn't have to watch another Man United match. Why make us suffer an extra yeah. game this season? 
exactly. Um, the, the only better outcome would have been a Sheffield United goal and then United wouldn't have to play any more FA Cup games. No, I, I kid, of course. I was very pleased that United are, are still in the, the half Well, look, let's FA be Cup, serious. But- it's the only silverware United can win um, because there are a lot of very, very good sides in the Europa League. Uh, you know, I, I do not give United much of a chance of winning the Europa League, honestly, um, especially when, you know, they have to go to some tougher sides and actually maybe score goals. Uh, you know, it's obviously a bit difficult. Um, the the <laughs> league is beyond us. You just don't take enough risks. I'm going to drop points where it's unnecessary. Um, I can't believe that United will win the Premier League. Uh, and so the FA Cup's it. Otherwise, it's a third season without silverware. Uh, yeah, it's been a very... Uh, Fergie never went three seasons without winning Silverware from from once he started winning it. So the last time there was a gap this long was between 85 and 89. We've already exceeded Fergie's longest ever gap right. of Silverware. After, so there's after a wider point about whether there's inevitable decline, you know, and, and uh, I guess we'll come on to Liverpool uh, later in the game. But the <laughs> Liverpoolization of United, I mean, is this inevitable long-term decline? I'm not sure because there is so much money at United that... Um, the club could spend their way out of trouble. The problem is I have zero faith in the, the kind of executive leadership of the club to spend it in the right way. They certainly know how to make it, uh, just not not very good at spending it. No, and, and it, it has it's no longer the case that they're not good at spending it because they refuse to. They're just spending it in a slightly profligate manner. They're not extracting value. But I do think the manager's situation is a huge, huge problem. I, I don't know... What the answer is, though, because I suppose from the board's perspective, right, or let's just say Woodward's perspective, because as far as everything seems to be, it's like it's just him making the decision, the big decisions. So the key this season now is qualifying for the Champions League again. Pathetic as it it sounds. Here we are in January talking about the FA Cup. I don't think the FA Cup's realistic for United to win. Can you really see us winning what, one, two, three, four, five, six games in a row? Six must win yeah. games and in it, a it row. It might be twelve, given that we play for a nil-nil draw all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um as soon as we face decent opposition, the whole thing seems very unlikely to manifest. I don't know, I'm always a bit reticent to swing wildly from week to week from like, oh yeah, maybe things are a bit better after after Chelsea and Swansea to now, now after Sheffield United, things are despondent again. But I just can't overstate how dreadful Probably United Probably dreadful. Were. I'm friend of the Rankcast, Angela Hallmark, is it? Said it was the worst performance she'd seen in 34 years of going to Old Trafford. I'm not sure I would take it that far. I mean, I do remember City putting six past us once. I mean, actually, I mean, to be honest, that... that that was kind of kamikaze stuff. It wasn't as as dreadfully prosaic as this. Uh, I mean, in terms of entertainment value, I, I don't remember. It. I mean, you know, certainly under Ferguson in his final years, United took far fewer risks. Um, but over a sustained period of the dullest football imaginable, I, I just don't think it's been like this since the early eighties. And I barely no, remember I- that because I was little. But I don't. I don't think this was the most. I think the second half against PSV Eindhoven was worse. Uh, I think probably the Norwich game was worse. Bournemouth. Well, it depends was worse. what we're talking about. So Norwich was chaotic. Born, yeah, Bournemouth, and Bournemouth, Bournemouth was, was chaotic. Uh, a couple of times when United actually tried to be a bit more expansive. You know, don't do that. You've only got two modes. It's ultra defensive or chaos. Um, and and PSV. You're right. PSV had the same kind of feel though. That that total lack of urgency. Yeah. Exactly. Very, very, very similar. And, and oh, I don't know, it's awful. It is, it's awful. I was sat there, genuinely, the most interesting bit of yesterday, apart before Memphis came on, the most interesting bit of yesterday was watching the pattern that the rain made playing in the floodlights at Old Trafford. Like, that was quite pretty. That's it. That's how bad it was. It was yeah. just appalling. So, where does this leave us? I mean, you know, I... I struggle to work out a scenario in which firing Van Hal would immediately fix all the problems. I mean, it, it wouldn't um, at all. But, but it's not going to get better than this, is it? You know, we're all lauding the fact that we beat Swansea at home. Uh, well, Swansea lost a what was it? Oxford, third, third or fourth division club in the FA Cup, who scored three goals. 
if you look, all of the lower teams are getting good so, results. I mean, you know, they, it, we're not going to get more entertainment. Maybe we'll get a few better results. It's not going to dra- dramatically improve. There's nothing to suggest that's going to be uh, the case at all. Um, and and all you're right, all we're playing for now is is Champions League football. And if there's at any stage United um, are guaranteed to not make the Champions League, Van Hal's gone for sure. Um, but as it is, Woodward is he's in a pretty precarious position, isn't he? Because he can't exactly demote himself back to commercial director and bring in like directors of football and and you know restructure the club. That's not going to happen. It's going to be a monolithic manager. Um, and if he goes two for two on bad choices of monolithic managers, that's pretty serious um, when it comes to an executive. Do you, do you think that Moyes counts as uh, a Woodward appointment? He was certainly part of the team, wasn't he? Sure, but, but you know, in terms of, like, managers he staked no, his No, no, I mean, I suppose on. they... Um, <laughs> everyone tried to backtrack out of that afterwards. So uh, at first it seemed like a Fergie appointment and Fergie tried to backtrack out of it, didn't he? Um, and, and but but it does seem that you know the Glazers and and Woodward and maybe this you know goes to your point that um, have you know sidelined Fergie afterwards. I mean he has no say about anything anymore, as far as I understand. Um, and you know in in a way blamed him for the Moyes debacle. But Woodward was the CEO, executive vice chairman, whatever you want. To, he was the top man. You know he's the man who's responsible. Well. It- I mean, kind of, but that appointment might... I mean, he might have been nominally in charge by the time that that, that appointment was made official or whatever, but it was all done with Gill in charge, wasn't it, still, even? You know, so... Because it was all done the season before. You know, if, you, if you're so. a, an executive at the company, if you're a CEO and, and you get a horrendous set of results, which are miles off what you typically would have um, as at your company, and it's a total disaster... And you you chop twenty five percent off a major income source because of this disaster. You get fired. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Know, maybe Woodward's protected because of his long term relationship with the Glazers. He's the man who, you know, masterminded the leverage buyout and all of that. Maybe he's protected because of that. Um, but I want. I just wonder whether it's just digging United deeper into the mire. You know, he's he 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 and you know this has become a little bit of a cliche, of course. But he and the rest of the board have. Just no kind of football experience, do they? I know how cliched that sounds, but you've got six Glazer children, a couple of ex-bankers, uh, and a couple of non-exec independent directors who are, two of them are from the finance industry, and one of them's from uh, ESPN and, and Media and Sport, and Woodward, who's an ex-banker. You know, the guy who's the non-executive independent director who was in charge of ESPN uh, previously, he's the guy with the most sporting experience. The rest of them, none at all, and it shows. Yeah, I mean, it's showing at the moment, and it's showing in the transfer window. And I think the issue with appointing the manager, though, you know, it's interesting. This the whole Ferguson thing. That the 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 statement from the club when Moyes was appointed said the board have unanimously approved the recommendation of Sir Alex Ferguson and to give David Moyes the job. So that's that's that was the language they used. But the Van Gaal appointment, I kind of feel like people are people don't want to hear this. But just because this is what's happened doesn't mean it was automatically a bad appointment. It, it could have worked out with Van Gaal. It just dramatically isn't right. I mean, out. you know, sure, there's there's um, there's the process you might go through and the due diligence that they appear to have done, maybe you know, uh, before Van Gaal's appointment to say, look, we followed the right process in order to get the right man and we did the research and blah, 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 blah. Um, and and then you absolve them of blame going into it. But the output's still a failure, right? And, you know, may- maybe that colours that in a different way. But ultimately, this guy, Woodward, is in charge. It's his club now. Um, and, you know, he's the top man. Uh, I, apparently he phones the Glazers every day far more often than, than Gill and Fergie did, um, and they have to make a few decisions other than counting their money. Um, but it's his club, and ultimately he's responsible. So Van Hal's failure is also his failure. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's entirely reasonable. This this whole conversation started with us talking about what would should happen next, and the thing is, it's going to be a heck of a long four or five months if they don't sack Van Gaal, isn't it? Because we're, we're going to have to sit through this over and over and over again, unless we have some sort of miraculous renaissance like we had in the well, spring last you call year. Well, a miraculous renaissance. It was three games, wasn't it? Four. Uh, four, four yeah. but yep. 
And one of those wasn't that great. (laughs) Awesome. So... I'm not sure where we go from here. I mean, he of course he keeps his job because uh, United won. I, I don't see that as being his Mark Robbins moment. Uh, particularly, I don't think this is where all the glory comes from. At best, he's got 18 months anyway. Uh, so, you know, he's uh, he's a lame duck at the end of next season. If the players think he's likely to go in the summer, uh, we'll see that. And in fact, we may be seeing it already. Um, it might be that, you know, they're... They're just going to do enough to get to fourth place, but it, that's not going to be easy. Spurs are playing well, Leicester are playing well, Arsenal are playing well, City are playing sort of well. They they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Guess well, yeah, City exactly. Too, so so United are too good not to um, fall out. Not are, to get are hoping on up. Liverpool's kind of choppy time under Klopp continuing basically, and and then they're going to fight it out with Spurs for fourth or Leicester. Or Leicester. Yeah. yeah, and um, and if, if United lose out on fourth on the last day of the season to Leicester, Van Hull should be fired. You know the traditional, um, let's get the microphone and talk to the, the fans on the last day of the season. You might play Bournemouth at home on the last day of the season, is it? Something like that. Bournemouth and West Brom, I think, the last two. They should fire him on the middle of the pitch in front of everyone just to make it doubly humiliating. I don't know. I have no particular interest in seeing Van Gaal humiliated, uh, to be honest. I, I'm but... beginning to grow in interest. <laughs> yeah, you've really, really, really turned on him in the last couple of weeks, haven't you? You've really hated the way he's, he's yeah, dealt with this I situation. Mean, nothing's changed on the pitch. Uh, the excuses have just got bigger. You know, I, I, I just think it is a bit weak, really. Uh, he's turned from being this kind of uber confident guy who's absolutely perfect, that confidence after the, the kind of devastation Moyes caused with his negativity, to being someone who just doesn't appear to recognise the faults. Um, and I, I don't think arrogance is the way to get through it. And I'm quite sure the players don't either. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's made me pre- pretty angry. And and it just gets to the point when you think, well, mm, that's it. It's done. It's not going to get better. Failure is inevitable. You know, you know, it's not like United have 10 players injured um, right now. He has most of his squad to pick from. He, t- he talked about players being in the red zone, but it's not as if Young and Schneiderlin, the guys he dropped, have actually played that much football recently either. You know, I, I just I can't work out his thought process on almost any decision uh, at all. You know, bizarre substitutions every week, um, an odd an odd shape changing every week. When it doesn't change, it's just as boring and prosaic as it has been every week. None of it's good. Nope. Uh, should we do some Twitter questions? Let's do that. that. They should be fun. Yeah, um, at Juan underscore eight underscore says, why do you think the team moved the ball so slowly? Brackets, and you can't answer, I don't know. <laughs> um, the real truth of that is a combination of the choice of central midfielders and a lack of execution on the system because th- this system is designed to create overloads. It's designed for passing and movement and it's designed for the speed of passing to change at key moments and, and players just aren't doing that properly. And I think part of this is down to personnel. I, I know this is a, a wildly unpopular view with lots of people. I think part of it is because you really can't build a system like that around way Rooney because he has neither the speed of movement nor the reliability of ball use to to do that I think Juan Mata's this is just so I'm not accused of wild bias I think Juan Mata's a huge part of the problem when he when he's in really poor form and he's playing out on that right wing totally isolated and drifting inside all the time and then just very often giving it the ball away because he's not on the same wavelength as his teammates um is there? Do we need more reasons? No, no, that's pretty add? good. You know, just look at the way Barca set up, right? And nothing to do with quality of the players because, you know, I know it's a kind of ridiculous comparison. Barca, their peak, 20, 2011, 20, you know, 2009, around there, right? Uh, Barca at their peak would not have set up like this. They, they never played two defensive midfielders pretty much ever. Um, they did play a, a basic 4-3-3, very similar shape, um, this would have been like instead of playing uh, one of the speedier players, Pedro, on the wing, playing Xavi out on the wing, for example, you know, and and, and other changes. Instead of uh, playing the main striker, Eto, at uh, one point um, up front, stick him out on the wing. I mean, they, they, he, did, they did that they did quite that a lot. Again. Yeah, true. But the, <laughs> but the point is, Van Hal is, as Skulls put it, putting uh, square pegs in round holes all of the time. 
Um, and, yeah. and, you know, when you do that so much, flexibility is great, but it's got to the point where it feels a bit intransigent, not flexible, uh, the way that Van Hal uses some players. What did he think, just as an example, he would get out of playing Mara and Fellaini in central midfield? What was it he thought he'd get? I mean, Fellaini has two qualities, the left elbow and the right elbow, and he doesn't even use those. So, um, and, and they're only useful when you put it into the mixer. Uh, Matt is out of position, Martial out of position again. We've talked about that being okay in a 4-3-3. As it stands there, not good. Um, Herrera in his position and then hooked. Uh, the defence chops and changes all the time. The only player who doesn't get booted around the pitch is De Gea. The only one. And Smalling. And Smalling. United's two yeah. best players. Apart from Martial. <laughs> Pele. 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 As is. Uh, at Jeffrey Tudor says I include this question for a very specific reason how can fans let Edward Wood and the board know that LVG needs to leave will they just keep ignoring us yes yes a thousand times yes they will just keep ignoring you because Edward Wood does not care about the fans one iota he just cares about the customers especially whatever personal care he might have the but the board, the Glazers, certainly don't care about the opinion of the fans beyond how it right. affects them and, as a customer. Um, and, and in fact, United's best customers are not the fans at all, are they? They're, they're the major sponsors. And, and if the fans, and, and I agree with you, by the way, I don't think supporters saying anything will make a jot of difference. It hasn't for years, you know, a decade of protests, um, you know, 50,000 people swinging yellow and, and uh, golden, green and gold scarves made no difference to the Glazers whatsoever. What does make a difference is the money. Um, and uh, interesting, we talked last week. Uh, Smart yeah, that, know, wasn't it? We that predicted was it. Remarkable. Uh, we got the pod out after uh, the dude said it. So Herbert Heiner, CEO of Adidas, said... Um, it's not exactly the style that we want. Well, quite. It's not the style that sponsors want because this is about reflected glory and there's very little glory to reflect on Adidas and, and United's myriad of, of global and regional regional sponsors. At MUN Quinn Knight says, uh, following the umpteenth all-possession and few chances match, will new players change anything? And then he says, or is LVG the problem? I think we've talked about that a lot. The, the will new players change anything point is really interesting because I, I do think that actually new players would change things. A, a proper number if, nine would, would change some things, although we've got a proper number nine. We just Yeah, yeah. so a proper winger so that you can play your proper number nine at number nine. Um and, and I think a proper winger on each flank would make a big difference to Van Gaal. All his most successful teams have had good wingers, or even if they're playing as inside forwards, they've been a certain profile. And as he said himself, Mata just does not fit that profile whatsoever. So the question of why he's playing there remains. But the truth is, I think if he did have a player of that profile, it, it is potentially it could potentially make a big difference. But... Only if they're prepared to work yeah, within the I lines. Yeah, I mean, I suppose if we signed Bale and Messi and Suarez and Neymar, because, you know, we're bound to put some bids in, right? Uh, then then that would make quite a bit of difference. Yeah. Or, or maybe you'd play them all at the back and told them to, to rein in that running bit, Messi, will you? Absolutely hilarious seeing them brief today, stories in the paper today about United's transfer plans. It's such a joke. It's, it's such a joke. It's so inevitable. Bad result. Hmm. Let's let's whip out the Woodward playbook. Let's brief some journalists about the mega transfers we're about to put in. Uh, it, let's pull out some of the same old names. Uh, and just in case it doesn't go right, let's let's talk about the long term. You know. So let's make it nice and fanciful and long term, and then we're all right. Um, at B Bishop eighty seven says, uh, not a question, but genuinely feel for you both having to find new stuff to say about this tripe every game. Hats off, thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it is the same every week. So sorry, everyone, if it's yeah, been we're the same just every trying week. to change up some of those five hundred thousand words of English. <laughs> Um, at the underscore broomhead says why hasn't Woodward signed up Nightol as official partners yet? Yeah, they wouldn't complain about the style, <laughs> Good. would they? Good. Um, at, uh, so uh, at Rich Square Eyes said LVG says he needs pace and creativity, but does his current philosophy well, at the stifle moment it does, both? You know, and I guess we talked about this before. I think he's compromising all the time. I think he doesn't trust his back four. 
Uh, and so he's built a system to retain possession um, and structure uh, and it's keeping a lot of clean sheets. He praised the fact that United got another clean sheet against Sheffield United. So, um, and, and when that breaks down, when United are a bit more expansive, whether it's by design from the manager or, or I don't know, players doing it when they shouldn't have done, uh, it's a bit chaotic at the back. Um, so maybe if he had some better defenders, uh, touch ironic, I suppose, he would be freer to attack. We haven't actually seen it in 18 months, but maybe. Um, at Echoing Quack said, I didn't see the game yesterday. Was it really that bad? Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. 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 Whatever it was really you've heard, bad. it was worse. <laughs> um, at Sean KDLA saying, okay, this is a good one. Hypothetically, if we lose to Liverpool, Van Gaal LVG goes. Without any, I never want to see the club lose bump, would you take that loss? Absolutely not. It's Liverpool. It's Liverpool. Never mind I any never other loss. I never that. I want the team to lose. You know, even at the the height of frustration with the Glazers and Fergie and the kind of feeling that somehow the club had to fail in order to get rid of these parasites didn't quite work out that way, did it? I never wanted the team to lose. So no, I don't want to. You know, and my frustration with Van Gaal is is that we're not winning, and we're not winning with style. Not that I want them to lose. So um, I, I kind of feel that we're approaching the end game. That that might. We'll look back on it, I guess, you know, in time. Maybe that was peak Van Hal, uh, and uh, and we're approaching his downfall. Maybe, maybe not, but I... No, United at Anfield, I want them to win like 8-0. <laughs> yeah, um, and that, that, I don't think that's uh, some random rampant top redism or anything. I think that's just uh, a from-the-heart position. Uh, talking of peak Van Hal, 0.5 XG against Sheffield United. 0.5 XG against Sheffield yeah, I, United. I'd, no way I'd like to stuff that XG as well. <laughs> I mean, that is, that is Van Gaal's 81 crosses. Um, at, at least, Gary underscore, sorry, at least yeah, no, that no. was half entertaining because you were hoping someone might nod one in. Someone did they eventually, did. right? That's, um, at Gary underscore Dunn says, heading to Budapest in the morning. I have. Ever been before? Um, it What's was very it like? interesting, actually, Budapest. So you've got the kind of Pest side, the the old town up on the hill, which is really pretty and it's a little, little bit touristy. You've actually got some parts of Budapest that feel like a classic Western European city, big boulevards, cafes, people sitting out and about, and some that feels pretty ramshackle. Um, and, and there's the uh, very amusing uh, Stalin Park on the outside. It's, it's a few kilometers, like 15 kilometers out, where they put all the old... Uh, statues and paraphernalia of of the uh, Soviet era. Very interesting. Um, At Forza United 68 says, what do you make of the Pochettino to United in the summer talk? Would you want him as a manager, as manager over gigs or others? Others, it depends who the others are, not Guardiola. I suppose I would take him over gigs. I, I always think it's, it's very, very, very difficult to pick a new manager for an enormous club. Um, unless they're one of the handful that's already been successful at enormous clubs, because the, you don't know what they what the step up will do to them. It's always got yeah, a lot of I completely agree. It. I mean, we don't know with Pochettino uh, whether he would break like Moyes. I kind of get the feeling that he wouldn't. He's got something about him, hasn't he? Um, his teams are dynamic. We certainly wouldn't be bored. Um, you know, obviously he's the the. Whatever the Spanish term is for Gengenpressen, that's what they do. Uh, great, great quote about gigs when United played uh, Southampton, was it? Um, yeah, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, right at the end of the season where Giggs was in charge for the last three or four games and he said, these work their bollocks off. Uh, and that's very true, you know. He, he's Tottenham are the hardest working team in the division. Um, so he would probably be a good choice, but a super risky one as well, because, you know, he's he's got lots of batting, but he doesn't have the trophies and he doesn't have the big uh, team experience. No, absolutely. And and the managing of the sort of super egos and all that. Kind yeah. Of stuff. Well, it's, much it's as we said task. with Moyes, he doesn't have the CV for it, you know, might feel a bit more positive about Pochettino if it happens, speculation. Um, yeah. But he doesn't have a CV. No, Um yeah, so, uh, and final question, at Joel Downings, the world's leading sub-tweeter of the Rankcast, he says, Hi Paul, what can you tell me about the Manageress? Uh, the Manageress is an excellent television programme from the olden days, starring Sherry Lungy as a 
a woman who becomes the manager of a Division 2 team and the trials and tribulations therein. Alex Ferguson was a big fan and showed it to the team on Good. the team bus. I was a big apparently. fan. I haven't actually watched it since the 80s. So does it stand up to time? It it, it kind of has... Yeah, it kind of has that slight... Um, I think it's all on YouTube. It has that slight... Uh, that, Pacing has definitely sped up a lot in television drama in the last 30 years. So it has a kind of pretty um, slow pace. But once you get into that pace, it's good. It's funny. There's some really good performances. You know, I, I looked through the camera on the set when I was little. It was very awesome. exciting. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, uh, we've previewed Newcastle since then. They've lost. I don't think anything we said changes. Yeah, the four losses so. on the trot. They are dreadful. The odds makers have Van Gaal slightly less likely to be the next manager sacked, but still extremely likely to be the next manager sacked. And uh, McLaren has become slightly more likely with the bookmakers. Um, I guess that Tuesday night result will make a big difference to those odds. I, I'm not particularly optimistic well, about this be. one. It should be dreadful. But, well, but we, so are, we. we are, yeah. Um, they've been losing every game 1-0, basically. So uh, they, they are... They're, they, they should that suit should us, suit yeah. Us. Um, they, um, I, I mean, I suppose that would be a great result if United won 1-0 at St. James's right now. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, it, basically, there are only two results. Well, there, there are three possible results. 1-0 to Newcastle, 0-0, or 1-0 to United. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm going 0-0, I think, after that Sheffield United game. And, and, and loads of players in the red zone. Schweinsteiger's done his knee, or had his knee done for him more accurately. Um, and yeah, that's uh, I, I extremely pessimistic awesome. about this. Well, game. not extremely because you're you're predicting nil nil. I mean, it's not like you're going we're going to get a shellacking. No, we're not going to get a shellacking because Newcastle are really terrible. Uh, there's another game immediately after that. Can we just uh, pretend that's not my favourite game of the season? United at Anfield. Awesome. <laughs> so. It's well, the wheels one. have come off the clock bang, bandwagon, haven't they, a little bit? You know, drew 2-2 two, two at Exeter. Yeah. Imagine if Van Gaal had done that. The criticism we'd give him, actually, probably wouldn't because United would have scored two goals. Um, and honestly, what top manager would ever heavily rotate a side against Le- Exeter in the third round of the FA Cup away from home and only come away with a draw? Oh, I, I do terrible. indeed remember that. Yeah, so... Which Liverpool are we going to get? Because they've had some storming performances, being Chelsea and City, and they've had some real stinkers too since Klopp came along. Yeah, and they have no players, which has got to be to our advantage. All, all their players well, are well, dead, not quite. basically. Injured. No, not quite. Although, yeah. frankly, some of them might be better players if they were dead. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of, uh, my brain is resorting to cliche. All, all, it, all I keep thinking is, they well, will, be up they for will it. be. Yeah, I mean, uh, as always, uh, Liverpool versus United. I mean, it's kind of strange, Liverpool versus United, in a way, isn't it? Because uh, neither team's going to challenge for much this season. And uh, I guess at best, we're both playing for fourth. Yeah, so uh, historical precedent. Last season, obviously, we were wonderful at Anfield. Last season was the that was just peak Schadenfreude with the Gerard thing, and uh, when when genuinely the Man United away end got Gerard sent off by winding him up so much during the first half. That was that was impressive performance, and uh, and one matter's best performance by Miles in a United shirt. Two goals, one of which was of staggering quality and and an all round run the show performance. Uh, playing off the right in a 4-3-3 rather than a 4-2-3-1, of course. I remember you arguing with Gary Neville about the difference of between Shinji Kagawa playing on the left of a 4-3-3 for Japan and on the left of a 4-4-2 for Moyes. I did, yes. I, uh, I think I won that one, mainly because I insulted his ability to play in central defence. Um, although he's manager of Valencia and we're doing this podcast, so I'm not well, sure Well, how really long won. is he going to be manager of Valencia? They lost 2-0 <laughs> to Real Sociedad today, so uh, he might be getting a boot before the end of the season. And, yeah, and Gaz, if you do get the boot, because we, we know he listens, you know. Um, uh, if you do get the boot, uh, very sorry, mate, but um, you're welcome to come an intern at the Rankcast any time. I love Gary I do Neville. Too. I cannot tell a lie. I really want him to be a success at Valencia. Uh, look, he's too he's too bright to not be a success as a manager if that's what he wants. There was some 
doubt about that. He said, yeah, I, long term, like 20 years, I don't want to be a manager. But right now, yeah, I think it'll be a success eventually. You know, he's talk about a tough gig. He's taken over a team with zero confidence and he's it's his first managerial appointment and it's overseas and he can't speak the language. So um, he's, he's you know, jumped into the fire there for sure. But I think long term, he'll be a, a fine manager. He's a great pundit. Um, and uh, that's why we take the piss out of him. Also notable that we're talking about Gary Neville ahead of a fixture against Liverpool. He was particularly fond of those, of course. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. The truth is previewing this game feels extremely difficult because on one hand you think, OK, so what's the pattern of play? United are going to try and, and have tons of possession and and Liverpool will try to deny them that. They'll try to unsettle them and, and harry them and geg and press them all, all over the place. But... Liverpool are genuinely clutching at straws for uh, for players. So, so I think, in a way, the most likely outcome for this game is that it's going to be an extremely poor quality affair, as the uh, the home leg of this of this fixture was this season. The first yeah, half, yeah, it, it really was. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I mean, I'm sure Liverpool would like to press and then break. That would be the pattern they'd like, whether they've got the, the players to do it at the moment. I mean, I'm not quite sure I'd be fearful of Sturridge and Origi on the wings. Um, would you? No, probably not. So, Well, they've. I mean, Sturridge is a very good player and Origi's had his moments this yeah, season, hasn't he? occasional moments. Um, so, I mean, you know, look, you're right that they're really yeah. short places. Firmino fit? Coutinho's not fit, is he? He's definitely out. Um, he, he's out. Um, they've, they've, I mean, the list of injuries at, at Liverpool is yeah. absolutely ridiculous. Uh, good, good. Uh, otherwise, they might have the system to actually cause United some trouble. Um, you know, I, I uh, what, what was I saying? Are we both saying nil-nil on Newcastle? I, I think nil-nil at Anfield would be a great result. Yes, yeah, depressing, it really that, is. isn't it? I mean, you, you do think that with with that. Liverpool's desire to counter in mind, it's definitely going to be one of those where United sit really deep. It'd be very interesting to see if Schneidlin plays uh, a big part in the next couple of games. I, I don't really understand what Van Gaal's doing with Schneidlin. But then, basically, I don't really understand what Van Gaal's doing. So that that is in keeping yeah, with the look, general thing. He's the one man, I mean, and a Herrera too, in central midfield who gives United some real energy. Uh, he's got to play. He's just absolutely. If he doesn't play, Van Hal deserves a sack before the teams even come out. He's got to play. Yeah, and th- you think that he's going to probably bring Carrick back into the side, so with Schweinsteiger out, so Schneiderlin and Carrick. I don't know. It's a bit potentially quite even more passive because at least Schweinsteiger does occasionally try to. Yeah, break I mean, it will ball. be two players holding, but you know. Um, Schneiderling gives United a bit of energy in midfield, but yeah, I think that's the team. I think it's, um, this is the team that I suspect will be picked. Um, I think Rooney will be up front, Martial on the left, Matter on the right, Schneiderlin and Carrick, and I guess Herrera will play, although he's getting hooked a bit at the moment, isn't he? Uh, and the back four pretty much picks itself, you know, and we're going to get the same performance. It's going to be pretty passive. United are going to get about 55 to 60% of the ball and it will come down to the tiny details. So Liverpool are without Ibe, Coutinho, Lovren, Sa- uh, Lovren might be back, Sacco, Henderson, Origi, Skirtle and Sturridge, although Sturridge potentially could be back as well. Uh, also Ings, who's out for the season, and Gomez yeah. out for the season. Uh, that 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 is a lot of it injuries. It is. They'll they'll bring um, Ben Tekers back into the team up front. I would think. Yeah, he obviously scored that glorious goal at United, but he's been in. Uh, he hasn't. Form. That's always been his problem. You know, he's uh, he's an inconsistent player. Occasionally brilliant, but uh, most of the time not. Um, and uh, I guess that's why United weren't prepared to pay the the thirty two million pounds or whatever it took. To, to bring him to United but look, I, you know honestly I don't think there'll be any surprises I, I'm with you on the the, the uh, low quality of game and uh, it would really surprise me if United uh, have an XG much more than 0.5 <laughs> I wonder if we can hit like I wonder if we can hit one XG in either of these games that would be nice wouldn't it um so yeah, uh, all right well there you go that's that's about it for this week I don't think we can carry on beating this dead horse any further 
Have, anything that we've nope, missed? I think we've said it think? All. Um, We got some praise on Twitter for managing to drag this out. We've actually spoken for 55 minutes or so uh, about uh, utter, utter dross. I don't expect it to get very much better over these next two games. We might get some good results. The performances aren't going to be wildly wildly better the best we can hope for is a, a Swansea type performance that wasn't that great it was okay I suppose it's all relative um, I hope United win I'm kind of suspecting two nil nil draws okay uh, yeah I, I'm I um, the, the reason that I'm hesitating is because what I actually think that's going to happen is we're going to lose at least one of these games I think it would be quite surprising if we didn't lose either of them if we've got to lose one of them I guess I hope it's the Newcastle United game um, and then come back with a triumphant 5-0 win over Liverpool there you go that's my wouldn't that be great well uh, in the meantime you can get us both on Twitter if you want to hear us ranting about stuff so I'm at United Rant Paul is at UTD Rankhouse, you can read Paul's excellent stuff on Bleach Report and you Max it. And where else? Uh, your YouTube channel. I think you've done five episodes of Paul's House uh, now. Yes. Uh, funny thing, uh, Ander Herrera and Juan Mata did a sort of quiz. I don't know whether you saw this one. Yeah, I did. It was basically just an episode of Paul's House, it was but actually with them, actually not them in it. Yeah, it was, it was quite amusing, that was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, they have was. become I a parody that. of themselves or you're parodying them, one of the two. Bit of a both. Yeah, one of the you two. can read some of my stuff uh, when I get to write on United Rant. Uh, 2,000 words of nonsense about Van Hull and Woodward probably needing to go today. Uh, and loads of other writers too. Uh, and Ed, you hinted that maybe there's a, there's a big piece coming out on United Rant in the next week or so. Is that is that coming? Are we ready or are we yeah, holding Because I know the club one? are waiting on this. Am I going to do 50 Van Hull mistakes Maybe. You could get there, right? You I, could I definitely, definitely get, get there. there. Uh, I actually yeah. had to cut it down when I did 50 Moyes mistakes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's currently not better than under Moyes. That's the thing. It really has it, reached it, that It really point. has reached that point. And, and it's not better. And the only hope of it getting better is not based on any history from the last 18 months. It's based on Van Hal's history. That somehow he's a bigger personality. And you've got to start asking the question about whether he's, he's got it anymore. Yeah, and or, or I mean, for me, it's that isn't even really the question. It's more like, is this one of those Van Gaal disasters of which he's always had in his locker? Um, because that's that's actually, I, I'm not even sure it's that he hasn't got it anymore. It's that he's always yeah, had and this. I think you're right. And I think the propensity for him to storm out um, is there or to fall out with the chairman or, or whatever. But he, he's, you know, he's gets on very well with Woodward and it's his last appointment. That's the only thing that that tells me he's gonna he's gonna hang on for as long as he can, and the incentives are there for Woodward to do the same. Uh, it's gonna be a big few months. Yes, it for sure is. So we hope that it's a big week. Enjoy yourselves. Stay safe if you're going to that Liverpool game, and uh, and uh, come on, you Reds, I guess. <laughs> <laughs>